Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon. And transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite. You are listening to Omega Man Radio Network. With Shannon Davis. Good morning. It's great to hear your voice. Sister Betsy, how are you doing today? Very well. It's so good to be back on. Folks, uh, we're excited to have Sister Betsy Pelletieri back on. And forgive my delay in bringing her back. I dropped the ball. But we were transitioning to a new system, and I think we got all the bugs worked out of it. So things should be running smoother than ever before. Well, we've got this hour together with you, Betsy. And would you like to open us in prayer? And the mic is yours. Okay. Well, Father God, we just thank you for this opportunity to be hearing your word, your truth, your life, life-giving words for us to live by. So I thank you for the people who are hearing this and that they will be blessed by the simplicity of the good news that you have given us freely. So... With that, as usual, my main topic, the main name that I always give any of my teachings is the goodness of God toward us, but I always have a subtitle to kind of 
describe what I'm going to be talking about, and the name of the subtitle is The Grace of Free Will and the Freedom of Choice. So, (laughs) his word is so simple. So, from the very beginning, God gave mankind, Adam and Eve, free will and the liberty to choose. So, you have to think, common sense says, if they have been given the ability to choose and the free will and the grace to do that, if we're given the grace of free will and freedom of choice, then there must needs be something that we are choosing from, because that's what choice is, this or that. You like vanilla, you like chocolate, it's a choice. And that choice between chocolate and vanilla is simply you, if you like chocolate, it's because you choose chocolate. And so whatever that something is that we're choosing, it's made up of words. And those words give us cause to choose to believe what we're hearing or not because that's what our choices come from, the things that we hear. And when my kids go into elementary school and learn about history and the presidents and everything, they believe what they're hearing, and that's called faith. And faith for anything comes from hearing words. It's by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And that's what God's word says. He made everything by his words. He spoke everything into existence by his words. And, and the definition of faith, it's, it's the very substance of things hoped for, the, the evidence of things not seen. And it was by faith that our forefathers obtained a good report from God. By faith, Abraham, he believed God's promise that even in his old age, I mean, he was hoping, Abraham was hoping against hope, what was normal in the natural. But but God spoke to him and said he was going to, have a child, and so was Sarah in her old age. And it says, by faith, Abraham believed God's promise that even in his old age that he and Sarah would bring forth Isaac, the son of promise. So even though God spoke to Abraham to offer up his son, Abraham had the faith in God's promise to believe that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. When Abraham went up to the mountain with Isaac, and he, and he had the wood, he had the fire, and Abraham said to his servants, you stay here, you know, we're going to go up and worship and sacrifice, but we'll, we'll be back. <laughs> and his, Isaac said, Father, we have the wood, we have the fire, but where's the sacrifice? And what was Abraham's response was, the Lord will provide, and There are, I mean, I've heard actually people saying, like, giving commentary on this, like saying that Abraham, like, was 
missed God, that surely God wouldn't have told him to sacrifice his son. But he did. And God, Abraham had a relationship with God. He knew God's voice. He knew that God said to do this. And he also knew that God is faithful and just and that he would supply whatever needed. And sure enough, we, we, most of us know the story. At the very last moment, Abraham was raising that knife. He was ready to sacrifice his son. And the angel of the Lord said, no, now we know that you are faithful and just and you believe God. And what happened? They turn around and there is a ram caught in the thicket. And so they sacrifice that lamb. So, um, so without faith, that is, without believing what God says in his word, he says it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, first of all, and that he is a rewarder of them that dil- diligently seek him. And that's in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 6. So, that being said, there's so many amazing promises in God's Word for us. Oh, wait, and did I mention that the reason we can believe all of God's promises? It's so simple. You know why we could believe all of God's promises? All of His promises to to us. Because He's not a liar. Whatever He says is true. He's not a liar. So uh, I'm glad I remembered to mention that just in case you think that some of his promises are even too good to be true because um, <laughs> I think we could get tripped up on that. Like, nah, that can't be true. So just because God is invisible does not give us cause for unbelief. By faith, Moses forsook Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. That's what the word says. Moses believed God, even though God was invisible to him. And so think about it. All the things that God told Moses to say and do to Pharaoh, the rod, you know, throwing down the rod on the floor and it became a snake, the lice, the frogs, the blood in the water. And and then through faith, Moses kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood on the lintel post so that the angel of death who destroyed the firstborn would not touch the children of Israel. Now, the book of uh, of Hebrews in in, uh, chapter 11 tells us just some, just some of the mighty acts of God which he wrought through those who simply trusted in his word. And um, today, I want to summarize what God has wrought through his son, Jesus Christ, one who trusted and obeyed his father's words. And it, it, let me tell you, it doesn't take faith to believe facts, right? Because facts are facts. It doesn't take faith to believe facts. Jesus was crucified and he died. That's a fact, a historical event. No faith required there. He rose from the dead. That's a fact. Now, what does require faith is believing 
what he said was actually accomplished through his death and resurrection. Now, the coming of Messiah, the Christ, was prophesied in the Hebrew Scriptures way back, way back before Jesus came on the scene. In Daniel, the book of Daniel 9.24, it tells of the coming Messiah who will make an end of sins and make reconciliation for iniquity and, and, and to bring in everlasting righteousness. This, this is what the Jews, they knew that there was a coming Messiah that was going to do exactly this and, and, and to bring in everlasting righteousness. And Isaiah 9 tells us, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. It was prophesied Messiah was going to come and he was going to bring, bring peace on earth forever and ever. And, the, and it says, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And Isaiah 53, it prophesies of the Lamb of God who was to be despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and he certainly was. And it says, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Hashem has put him to grief. He has made his soul an offering for sin. So by his knowledge, it says, many shall be justified, for he shall bear their iniquities. And in Psalm 22, it tells us the whole scenario of the crucifixion in detail. I mean, when you, I'm not going to read it right now, but when you have a chance, read Psalm 22. It literally says, in detail, they pierced my hands and my feet. They cast lots like they gambled for his clothing. I mean, it was, it was, it, it's amazing, like, how that was prophesied. It wasn't like Jesus could have, um, like, made his life a self-fulfilling prophecy. No, this was an amazing thing from, from Genesis to Revelation. It's all about Jesus Christ. Um, so God sent his son into the world to be a sacrifice for the sin and sins of the world. God has always had Israel sacrificing the blood of an innocent lamb. It had to be a blood sacrifice. Some people think, wow, man, that is really, really gory. But you know why? It was because the life, the word says in Leviticus 17.11, the life of the flesh is in the blood. We would not have any, we would not be animated as human beings if we didn't have blood flowing through our veins. So Jesus had to come as a flesh and blood person 
so that he can die. His whole purpose for, to be born was to die, to be a sacrifice. And, but he came into this world in the likeness of sinful flesh, like a human. But he was also the fullness of God, the express image of God walking and talking on this earth. And he, he went around doing all, his, his works were, were his witness that he came from God. He did all kinds of good deeds. He was the living, talking, walking mitzvot on this earth. And just as we are flesh and blood, Jesus also himself likewise took part of the same. He had flesh and blood. Why? So that through death, he might destroy him, Satan, that had the power of death, that is, the, the devil. So the life of the flesh is in the blood, so that's why he needed to shed his blood so that life would go out from him. He would be that ultimate sacrifice, not something that needed to be done year after year because the Bible says that the blood of bulls and goats only covered the sins for the people year year after year they had to do this ceremony but God had a better plan to sacrifice the Lamb of God his son once and for all and in John uh, chapter first John chapter 3 verse 5 says and you know that he was manifested Jesus was manifested to take away our sins and in him there is no sin whoever abides in him sins not whosoever sins has not seen him neither known him but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death and he was crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. And that's in the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verse 9. And First John, chapter 3, verse 8, tells us plainly that Jesus' purpose, the reason why he was manifested, was to destroy the works of the devil. The, the first time the apostle John the John the Baptist, the first time, and, and that was Jesus' uh, cousin, the first time that John laid eyes on Jesus, he declared, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Now, listen to this. This is also in the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, verse 26. But now, once, in the end of the world, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And in the book of Romans 5.19, it says, For as by one man's disobedience, talking about Adam, his disobedience, for as, one, as, for, as, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. We inherited that sin. It's in our DNA. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. And that one was Jesus Christ. Many, it says many shall be made righteous. Notice it doesn't say all. It says many. It doesn't say all because this, here it is, the choice. It's a choice. 
to receive the free gift or not. Um, Now, we have the freedom of choice to believe this good news or not. But God wants us to know that we know his promises are true. And in Romans 6, verse 6, it says, Knowing this, this is what God wants us to know, that our old man, this is when, when we do believe what Jesus Christ accomplished, it says, he wants us to know this, that our old man, our sinful nature, is crucified with him. That's what he accomplished when he was crucified. Our old sinful nature, picture it as if it also was on the cross with him, that the body of sin be destroyed. Now, I'm, I am reading, I'm taking my teaching from the King James Version, but I want to tell you that in the original text, the word might, it says here that knowing this, that our old man, our sinful nature, is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that word might is not in the original text. It says that the body of sin be destroyed, that henceforth we not serve sin. For he that is dead, if if our old sinful nature is dead, it's free from sin. Because how could a dead person sin? We're talking spiritually speaking. But now, being made free from sin... We become servants to God. We have our fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. And that's in Romans 6, verse 22. So once again, let us ask ourselves, if we believe by faith that God created the heavens and the earth and everything that is, and if we believe that because Adam disobeyed, we are all born with a sin nature, why Why, oh why, (laughs) can we not believe that through the sacrificial blood that Jesus shed on the cross, why can we not believe that by the blood of Jesus, he has taken away our sin nature and has made us new creations? Do we really believe in our heart, his word, that we are new creations, we are holy unto God. He sees us. That's how he sees us. When we believe what he has accomplished, he sees us as totally holy. He has infused those who believe with the gift and power and anointing to walk in his love and liberty. It it says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And he's very plain. So we don't have, he doesn't leave anything for guesswork. He lets us know quite precisely what, what he has delivered us from. The works of the flesh. I'm going to tell you what they are. Which are manifested are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. And that word lasciviousness is over desire for anything in the natural. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in the time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. 
there's a difference between our carnal nature and our spiritual nature. And these are the things that are in our carnal nature. And God, so it says that those who do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And God took a rib out of Adam's body and formed a woman, a bride for Adam. And God, in the spiritual sense, for everything in the natural, there's a spiritual application. And God took sin out of us and formed a bride for his son. We are called the bride of Christ. And he filled us with the fruit of his spirit, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against these things there is no law. There is no law on this earth that could tell you, you can't, you cannot manifest these things. You can't walk in these things because this is, this is fruit. Just like an, an apple tree, it cannot help but produce apples. And those who walk in the Spirit cannot help but produce these fruits of the Spirit, which are mentioned in Galatians chapter 5. Uh, and they that are Christ, Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And um, Galatians, I, would li- I want to read something to you not Galatians, Colossians, in the book of Colossians, chapter 2, verse 9, it says, For in him, in Jesus, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. And it says, We are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and powers. And it says, We are circumcised with the circumcision not that is made without hands and in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. It says we are buried with him in baptism and we are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who raised him from the dead. And is there any, from what I just read, is there any place at all for sin? In this scenario, no. Look at the next verse, chapter uh, verse 13. It says, And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. We have been forgiven, completely, totally forgiven our sins, and we have a new nature. And that nature is called a divine nature. And how we got that divine, how we, got, how we became partakers of that divine nature was simply by believing his exceeding great and precious promises by his words, which are so powerful because it's words of life. And it says, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. So let us set our, our affections on things that are above, not on things on the earth. For we are dead 
and your life, our real life, our identity, is hid with Christ in God. So he says, mortify. That means like blow to smithereens, therefore, your members, like the, <laughs> the parts of our body which are upon this earth that, that cause us to commit these acts of sin. And he says, like fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil, concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For these are the things, this is for, for which, which things sake, the wrath of God, comes on the children of what? Children of disobedience, in the which we, he's talking about in past tense, we once walked in times past when we lived in these things, when we lived in our carnal nature. But now we also put off, like think of that as a garment of these horrible things that we're, we're taking it off. We're taking these things off. We're taking off anger. We're taking off wrath. We're taking off the garment of malice. We're taking off the garment of blasphemy. We're taking off the garment of filthy communication out of our mouth. And he says, and we're taking off the garment of lying one to another, seeing that we have, what have we put on? We put on the new man, which is gentleness, humbleness, meekness of mind, love, long-suffering, patience, temperance. And we, this, is, this is the new man. This is the new creation of who we are, which is renewed all the time in the knowledge after the image of him that created Jesus. We are renewing our minds after the image of God. We are created in God's image. And we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. He says in Romans 12 too, be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and perfect and excellent will of God. How do we do this? By renewing our minds to the finished work of what Jesus did. In um, Romans, I just need to read this to you. In Romans chapter 6, Verses 4 to 7, it says, Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, and just as Christ was raised up from the, from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. And it says... He that is dead is freed from sin, as I said before. And in verse 17, it says, But God be thanked that you were, were, past tense, we were servants of sin, but we have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto us, being made free from sin, we become servants of righteousness. And that, that's an awesome promise. And in... In, in chapter 7, verse 6, it says, But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead, wherein we were held by the law, we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the letter of the law. 
In other words, the law, the law has actually become a promise to us. Think about it. The law, oh, thou shalt, thou shalt not kill. Thank you, Lord, for that promise because of the new nature that has been put in us. We absolutely shall not kill because the, our new nature would not allow that. It, it, it's in verse, it's, it, it's amazing. It, it says, we delight in the law of God after the inward man. And so I'm saying we, it's a trick, right, of the devil to, to whisper into your ear, do you really, really think that you have power over sin? I mean, just like as a serpent, beguiled Eve with his subtle words. We don't have power over sin because there is no sin in our nature to have power over. We have to tell the devil, shut up. This is not a correct question. It's not even applicable. If we believe what God has accomplished... You're not going to hear this in many places. But if we believe God's word, we need to believe his word. We, don't, we can't pick and choose. We can't, you know, and we can't use it as an excuse for sin. Oh, I'm just a sinner saved by... No, we were sinners, but we're not anymore. He does not see us like that. He accomplished a whole new creation. And in Romans chapter 9, verse 20, it says... Like, how could we reply against God? If God says who we are, we are. It says, oh man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it? Why has you, have you made me thus? No, he's the, he's the potter and we are the clay. So we, we are totally new creations. And I just want to say, in lastly, <laughs> uh, in Second Corinthians, chapter eleven. No, I want to go to chapter five, verse seventeen. It says, "Therefore," and this says it very plainly. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and has he has given us the ministry. We have a job. We have given us the ministry of reconciliation, and that we are to witness for him that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing our sins upon us, but he has committed to us like the word of reconciliation. It's like he has made us who believe like ambassadors for Christ, like as though God like you who are listening to this word who may not have even ever heard what I'm talking about. It's like God has made me an ambassador to you 
to reconcile you back back to God through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. For he has made him, Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So if we are the righteousness of God through Christ, then how could we be sinners? We're new creations. And it's the simplicity. You know, the Apostle Paul was a Jew of Jews. He kept the law of Moses perfectly. But not the, <laughs> he messed up, though, on the law of God because he did have covetousness in his heart. But as far as the law of Moses, all, all those things, the 613 things, he, he, kept, he was blameless. He was a Jew of Jews. But when Jesus revealed himself to him, he made Paul, the Apostle Paul, know that he was a sinner. And the Apostle Paul was sharing the simplicity of the gospel with believers. And he said, I, I fear, I actually fear for you people that are not believing the simplicity, lest like, like the, the serpent subtly beguiled Eve, like the Apostle Paul was saying, don't be corrupted away from the simplicity that is in Christ. It's a very simple message. We are sinners. God sent his son Jesus Christ to shed his pure blood for us. And when we believe that, we are made the righteousness of God in him. He wants to have a people, a peculiar, he called Israel a peculiar treasure unto him. His own special priest, a royal priesthood, and that's what we are to God through Jesus Christ. There is only one mediator between God and man, and that is the man Christ Jesus. And the Apostle Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, he also says that the, the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are saved, it's the power of God. And that's the simplicity of the message. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm sharing this message out of love for everybody. It would, it, it's kind of like, uh, God, God, we are all born destined for, for hell because of the sin of Adam. But we have been given this message to save us from that end. And like I said, this message is the grace of free will and the freedom of choice. And nobody could make the choice for you. It has to be made. Every human being has to make this choice for themselves. So, praise the Lord. This is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. What a powerful teaching today. I'm excited to have Sister Betsy Pelletieri back with us. And Sister Betsy, look at your schedule. Get me your next date. And before we close today, if a person would like to contact you in your ministry, is there a way they can do that? Yes, they certainly can. They could call me on my cell phone, which is area code 518-368-9374. 
Fantastic. Do you have an emo also you'd like to give up? I do. Yes. It's. Uh, I'll spell it. It's my first and last name. B E T S Y P E L L I T T E R I at gmail dot com. Fantastic. We'll get this updated inside the next hour. I'll send you a copy. And Sister Betsy, thank you for working with me and being patient. And uh, we will see you back again real soon. Let me know what works for you. Amen. Okay. All right. God bless you and everybody who might be listening to this. Okay. Amen. God you bless know. you. <laughs> okay. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. That was Betsy Pelletieri. Did you enjoy that message? Well, we're back uh, doing marathons again. And I have an important announcement to make. I just uh, thought about it during this program. And I'm going to go ahead and pull the trigger. We're going to open up 8 p.m. Eastern again, Monday through Friday. Now, I already have a show scheduled for tonight and Friday at 8 p.m. And I was looking at it and I thought, you know what? Why not just do it every night? That will also be good for me because uh, it's night shift over here for me. I'm plus 12 hours ahead of you on the East Coast. So when we start 10 a.m. Eastern, it's 10 p.m. here in Bali, Indonesia, where we live. So when I finish up, usually around 2 a.m. my time, 2 p.m. your time on the East Coast, I haven't been going to bed. And I have made some uh, poor decisions, sometimes stayed up till noon the next day. And then, you know, you need seven hours sleep like anybody, crash, and then my day's shut. This will force me, if I do the 8 p.m. show, your time, that's an 8 a.m. curtain call for me, to go to bed after the show. And uh, this is going to be good for both me and uh, Omega Man Radio because it's going to give us some additional slots that we can get people that are not at liberty to uh, do a program during the day because of their work schedule. So I'm excited about it. So it will go into effect uh, effective today, 8 p.m. Every night, Monday through Friday, we're going to do one show. So we still have our morning programs. We're going to do uh, three shows in the morning, 10 to 1. And then we'll do an evening show at 8 p.m. So look for that beginning tonight. In fact, I'll have tonight Peter Johnson back. It's been many years. Too long. He'll be on from the Gold Coast of Australia. Okay, a couple other announcements. Uh, many of you who have been following me here on the program and also Facebook know about our uh, interest in buying Miracle Valley, Arizona. And I announced uh, last week we were going to go ahead and uh, enter the race and begin to take pledges. Now, pledge is just um, someone who says, hey, I would like to donate X number of dollars for that, but you don't send me any money in it into unless I contact you back. And uh, we're taking pledges, but to get into uh, the actual auction, we have to enter a minimum bid. That bid, which everybody agrees is too much for the property, but it is what it is. If you want it, you got to bid 325000 plus an 8% buyer's fee. Now, I will be transparent with you, as I told you I was going to do from the beginning, and keep you updated. As of today, we didn't do bad. 
in the short time that we launched we had 35 people come on board and make a pledge and we have pledges totaling 32,991 sadly though that's not going to be enough to um, have a minimum bid of 325 now as of today nobody else has bidded by the way nobody else has bid uh, on the auction and there's several people that would like to have the property that made that known and I think what they're going to do if they haven't put in the bid yet they're going to wait till the last uh, five minutes that's where the action is it'll be a uh, it'll be uh, blood in the water at that moment like a shark feeding frenzy so unless God wants us to have this uh, and it would take him doing a quick miracle it it's not likely we're going to raise that money in the next three days which is when the auction ends so I'm not bowing out we're going to stick stick to the very end just see what God does but it's not looking like uh, it is for us to take this property so as I mentioned in the beginning we did not know until we uh, try and we have tried and I want to th- and I want to thank everybody in advance that has come forward so I'd be willing to pledge so the good news is we didn't take any money and I won't have to do a lot of refunds in but uh, that's where we're at it's not looking good you can continue to pray but I'm like this if God wants us to do it uh, he'll have to do it and it will be all God because we only have 10 percent of that uh, minimum bid but that's okay. I said from the very beginning, uh, God's will be done in this situation. And if it's meant to be, it's, it'll happen. If not, then God uh, has uh, other things in store for us. And um, that will mean we'll probably continue here in Bali, Indonesia for the foreseeable future. And uh, we're just going to wait on God and see what he has next. It may be we extend here and my job is not done. As with any servant, we serve at the pleasure of the Master. Amen. So, just want to keep you updated on that. And I want to thank everybody who has, uh, who came forward and willing to uh, stand with us for that property. Now, in the end, God's will be done, and His will is always best. Amen. So, I pray that whoever does get that property uh, is able to finish the work that they start, and uh, it'll be open once again after being shut down for decades okay we're going to take a break and um, go to some music come back and we'll uh, have our next show the top of the hour with uh, Bill French in fact uh, we've got Bill French and then Louise and Rose Betancourt and then again at 8pm tonight we'll be back with Peter Johnson tell me what you think about that new schedule it's exciting actually morning and evening programs and if you can't tune in live don't worry you can go to my website, omegamanradio.com, and you can get the programs that we do live right there. A number of ways to download them or stream them. Podbean app is the best way, and they're all free. If you'd like to support the program, you'll find ways to do that there, too. Okay, I've got some great songs that uh, I've got in my queue, so let's uh, crank them up. Here we go. Stand by. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to save this program, incidentally. Make it easier to cut it and upload it, and we'll be ready to refresh now. Here we go. <laughs> 